Hello, and welcome to the Conspiracy Theory Test. I'm Karen. And I'm Yvonne. And you're very welcome back. How's it going? It's been a minute, or or several. <laughs> we took a, yes, another brief hiatus. I'll take the blame for this one. Look, it is what it is. <laughs> Life gets in the way, but during the hiatus, we have to say a huge congratulations and major celebrations to our not-so-silent investors slash partners slash fans, Stephen and Andrea. Yo, this one is for them. I've decided it's dedicated. I, to I them. think so. It's dedicated to them. My brother and officially my sister-in-law. Ah, lovely. The first you get to say that now. I can't believe it. Yeah, it's very nice to say. It rolls off the tongue very, very well. So uh, they back way back at the end of November there, they made it official. Um, They're going to get them sweet, sweet tax credits. So <laughs> congratulations to you guys on your newly found tax bracket. Yeah, not living in sin. The best present Not living in sin. As well, especially coming up to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ's birthday. Yeah, happy Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas, everyone. I've nothing. I'm not festive this like episode. Have you made this particularly festive? No, I haven't. But I think you'll enjoy it. What's your favorite Christmas song, man? Favorite Christmas song? Yeah, the uh, seven minutes epic classic Christmas wrapping by the waitresses. <laughs> I don't know if I've heard that one. Uh, I tell you now, you've heard it on like at the start of shows and stuff. It's okay. that really rushed quick one. Okay. It, it's mental. There, It sounds like about three songs mashed together unwillingly. <laughs> That's why I love oh, it. Okay. It's so obnoxious. It's so good. Oh, nice. What's your favourite? Mine has to be Last Christmas by Wham. A classic. That is a classic. I like Ariana Grande's take on it. Yeah, I do. But nothing beats a blonde George Michael pining after a woman. Yeah. Oh, do you remember he was pretending to be straight? <laughs> because if we knew then what we know now, that video would have been a very different. And you see the stolen glances between him and Andrew something. Because he's once bitten, but twice shy. Yeah. <laughs> Kept that distance, but Andrew still caught his eye. Also a fan of the Run DMC one. Enjoy Christmas that. and Hollis. Yes, yes. <laughs> I love that one. That's very, very good. That is very, very good. And what's Santa bringing you? I don't know. Financial security would be nice. <laughs> He's only got and, one night. As per off-air com- <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. As per off-air conversation, a new car. Please, okay. somebody get me a new car. Mine is turning into a little muddy pit and I don't like it. Uh, what about yourself man what are you going to get from Monsieur Claus um, see I can't say any of those things a, a driving license would be nice actually oh, have you done your test again yet no no I haven't I suppose I have to try in order to get that but like, <laughs> anybody's like. listening to this we're manifesting a, a license for a van in 2022 yeah, how about right yeah let's hear if, it, it if if you if you get your driver's license, we'll do a mobile recorded episode in your car. That is so good, carpool conspiracy. Carpool conspiracy. <laughs> that's what we'll call it. We will. Oh, I think so. <laughs> and if I, I think don't we might get, get a few, if we don't get it, I'm you're allowed oh. to cancel me. Oh no, we can't. We could never cancel you. You're too unproblematic. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that you can't lie. <laughs> 
you can't you can't talk about aliens for uh three whole podcasts oh jesus i better get cracking this is finally actual motivation to pass had i had this for the first test i might have done better (laughs) there's a cow on mount everest because the stakes have been raised There you go. Did you pull a Christmas cracker today, by any chance? <laughs> I didn't. I actually didn't. I should have. Just had that one ready to go. Yeah, I'll always have something in the back pocket ready to go. Nice. Avan, speaking of ready to go, I think we're going to kick this off and you're, you're first this week. So yeah. where do we go? Let's fly into this, but I'll give you a bit of, um, I'm just going to forewarn you that I was very well prepared and then I cancelled multiple recordings. So now I can't, this will be as much of a surprise to me as it will be to you, to be honest. We're taking a little look. We're going to mm. scratch the surface today of time travel. Ooh, I am a fan of time travel. And this is how, this is how unprepared I suddenly am, that I was about to muscle memory ask you, have you ever heard of time travel? Which I, I, thought, be I actually thought you were about to say, have you ever time traveled? Have you? Have you? <laughs> I don't know, have I? Who knows? You'll be looking to fast forward past this if you could, I'd say. <laughs> my sources are uh, John Cheng, Astounding Wonder, Irish Central, Nature.com and Rochester Magazine. Solid, solid sources. So I'm just going to tell you a little bit about us, a little bit of background for it first. So like I wanted to start this one off the same way I did with the Hollow Earth episode where I was able to go, since oh, yeah. the dawn of time, we have wondered about time travel. <laughs> but that's not the case, right? So okay. the concept of time travel is relatively new. Mm-hmm. And it's probably due to civilizations perceiving time differently to the modern idea of us. So I'll do my second throwback to another episode here where I tell you, do you remember in the 2012 episode how we talked about how the Mayans had different successive worlds? Yes. So that was more, there was more of that kind of thing in rather than the concept of like ongoing time yeah okay so other cultures in the past wouldn't have had concept the concept of time travel but more the idea of like skipping time okay and that was normally you normally go into a different realm and you find out that far more time has passed on earth when they return oh like marvel and the blip exactly exactly so they were only blipped for like a second in their mind right but yeah, but it was five years. Yeah, yeah. So it's exactly that kind of thing. Like we have our own one. We have Tiernan and Og. Do you know the way uh, Oshin travelled to the land of the young, and he thinks he's only there for a few years, and when he comes home, three centuries have passed. Yes. Also, a great Irish film. Which one? It's Into the West. There's about this uh, these kids from the flats in Ballymun, and they have a, a white horse, and the horse is called uh, Tiernan and Og. No, I've never seen this. I have heard uh, of it though, I think. Is there something I guarantee it? Uh, yeah, I guarantee it's going to be on at some stage over Christmas. So definitely get on it. I'll watch it. I'll proper catch up on that stuff then. And Mystic yeah. Knights of Tiernan Oak, which my friend was a baby in. No way. Yeah. Oh no, sorry. Laura's friend was a baby and my friend jumped off a barrel in us. He won the Oscar. <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> no, he didn't. Of course he didn't. <laughs> I was like, wait, did he win an Oscar for stunts? No. 
<laughs> on an Irish, I'd love to see that wild card. <laughs> and the best baby at the Oscars goes to yeah, this best baby barrel jumper. Well, he, he's probably, he probably is that undoubtedly, actually. That's and the only one. <laughs> Still makes him the best. But then, when you start looking at a race, that's true. Yeah, it doesn't matter how many's in the race. First is first. So I thought that was exclusive to Ireland, but there's loads of them. So like in Hindu mythology, uh, the Mahabharata mentions mm-hmm. the story of a king who travels to heaven to meet the creator of Brahma and then is surprised to learn when he returns to earth that loads of ages have passed. Not like it's been ages since they saw him, like literal ages, you know? Okay. And then similarly, Japan has an old wives tale of a young fisherman named Arishima Noko, who visits an undersea palace. And after three days, he returns to his village and finds himself 300 years in the future. An undersea palace like Atlantis? That we have to cover, that we've promised someone very special that we would. And we will. That's going to be our New Year resolution. It will. It will. Not saying when a New Year. No, it will. I'm not saying what new year in particular. <laughs> in another year, that is not in another year that is newer than this one. Yeah. So overall, right, cultures have always had this fascination with magical worlds where time has slowed down, and there's almost a universal belief during these times that time is not relevant. And they all center around myths or religion rather than looking for an explanation for different passages of time. So it wasn't really until the Enlightenment that there was this general shift from looking to religion to looking to science for explanations. And that's when time travel became part of the public consciousness. And you can almost see this transition happening in the book called, please don't kill me for this pronunciation, uh, Paris Avant Les Hommes. What would that be? Is that Paris without men? Avant before men. Before men. Before, yeah. That makes way more sense because it was written in 1861. That's not why it makes sense. Again, syntax. I'll work on syntax in the new year as well. <laughs> okay. And about a man who's transported back to prehistoric times by a demon. And so that's where you kind of see that's a little bit sciencey because we're discussing time travel, but also demons. So you still haven't mm. moved away from this like religious idea. And then it was 20 years later than us that we got the first ever literary depictions of a time machine. And it was a story called The Clock That Went Backwards by Edward Page Middle, M- Mitchell. And then the following decades saw rise in the discipline of physics. So, for example, that was what, 1881. And then in 1919, uh, Einstein published his general theory of relativity. Mm-hmm. And so with the rise of kind of enchantment around physics, time travel as a concept was permanently imprinted on the public consciousness because i was wondering how that you know because there's just so many like iterations of time machines time travel time whatever yeah it's like a classic trope especially in science fiction but it only it's Mm. kind of just over 120 years old really as an idea that's uh that's mad i suppose the idea of machines themselves isn't that much older than that yeah, that's fair. That is fair. But as you said, it's just one of those things that you think you have time and then you just had time travel. Yeah, but obviously other people were like, no, why would you travel through time? Clearly you'd go to a different world. Yeah, instead. very, very true. That's very their true. buzz. 
But the weird thing about time travel is that we can already hypothesize over whether it ever will be discovered. And that's exactly what Stephen Hawking set out to do. Do you know this one? It's real cute, kind of sad. Okay, so on the 28th of June, 2019, Hawking threw a party for time travellers, but he only sent out the invitations the next day. Oh, no way. (laughs) And he said that copies of it will survive in one form or another for many thousands of years. Maybe one day someone living in the future will find the information and use a wormhole time machine to come back to my party, proving that time travel will one day be possible. That's adorable. Isn't that really cute, but so sad because he would have just been sitting there by himself in a little party. But not tried to like be patronizing to one of the greatest minds to ever exist (laughs) in our lifetime. Oh, Stephen, so cute. Yeah. <laughs> You're just a cute genius. <laughs> oh, look at you being all smart. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're into the physics, are you? How's that going for you? Is, is there much work? Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, the physics, no. Yeah. Tell me this. Is there any jobs going? <laughs> what do you do? I suppose you'll teach physics, will you? <laughs> <laughs> you're teaching, is it? Teaching. <laughs> so people have used this as an argument that because he was the only attendee at the party, that we can conclude that time travel will never be fully realised. There's somebody running through a timeline now, like, I'm so late, oh my God. (laughs) What was I meant to be at? Oh, I had that party 20 years ago. (laughs) Hundreds of years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Make it back just in time. Yeah, could you ever be late again? I'd still be late. I was about to say, yeah, somebody somewhere would still be late. (laughs) So let's travel now from the Enlightenment to the year 2000. Ooh, look at us time traveling. Yeah, exactly. And what is 2000 known for? Only poorly designed internet bulletin boards. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I want to say, like, what else was 2000 known for? The Y2K? Y2K, big thing then, the Millennium Dome, I suppose, the Millennium yeah. itself. The year my dad gave up smoking. That is incredible. You Do you remember that? And he never smoked again. That's amazing. I can't remember the year <laughs> I gave up smoking, and I'm pretty sure it was last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yeah, he never smoked again. He went cold turkey. That's now made of stronger stuff are the smokers of the past. None of this vaping. <laughs> in his day, there's yeah. no such thing as a vape. You had to march 20 miles in the snow for a vape. <laughs> Yes. So these internet bulletin boards, that's exactly what a time traveler was using under the username time travel underscore zero. Nice and subtle. I like it. (laughs) Straight to the point. Moving around all the place. Didn't have time to come up with a better username. Hey. (laughs) So he claimed to be a time traveler from the year 2036 on a military expedition to retrieve the then new. IBM 5100, which was one of the first ever portable computers from the year 1975. And he said he was chosen for the mission because his grandfather had been on the IBM 5100 team. So Teeter said that the 5100 was needed to debug various legacy code computer programs in 2036. And he described a very simple and unique feature that removed from 
that, that was on the IBM, but was removed from any future desktop computers. And in order to take advantage of this feature, the 5100 required a couple of special tweaks that had to be done by one of the software engineers from 1975. And what makes this story compelling, though, is that this unique feature actually existed. Oh, you've reeled me in. You had me hooked and I'm being reeled in. <laughs> so the 5100 featured uh, an interface between the assembly code surrounding. You're going to have to excuse me now if you have any questions, follow up questions. I'd say don't. Them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you have any follow-up questions, please don't ask them. Please, 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 please. We're back to the hairline fractures and all that again. Just computers, no, but I can relive it to you. <laughs> so it was, yeah, interface between the assembly code surrounding the computer's ROM exterior and the 360 emulator hidden beneath it. And even though it was described at the time as a dramatic step forward, IBM kept it quiet. So how would a hoaxer have learned about it? Unless it was an inside job. Exactly. He learned about it from his grandfather, who worked on the IBM. Ooh, damn. Then over the following months, Teaser would publish various posts across online forums. Because I suppose, what else are you going to do between missions? <laughs> Just going to post online. It's 2000. Meet a girl, settle down. In the year 2000. Maybe. He probably would have done better. Yeah, so... Actually, he would have done way better because he described how he lived in a small community that had survived World War Three. So it would have made way more sense from staying today, isn't it, I suppose? Mm. Yeah. And interestingly, he says that World War Three was not the results of conflicts between the US and the military, the Middle East, which would have been surprising to hear in the year 2000, if you remember everything that was going on then. But rather, it was the result of mounting tensions between America and Russia, which now seems far more believable. Oh, but they get along so well. <laughs> Best pals during a certain regime there. <laughs> Best friends. <laughs> so he made a number of predictions which are dismissed a lot of the times overly ambiguous. And skeptics argue that statements could be applied to any scenario. Mm. But some predictions were a little more specific, such as civil conflict over U.S. presidential <gasps> oh. election. Cast your mind back there to last year. This time last year, basically, more mm -hmm. or less within the month. And the first time Trump was elected. Yes, you do kind of forget that now. But there was like it wasn't the storming of Capitol Hill, but it was still very controversial. Mm. So we provided some advice on how to survive catastrophes in the future, and some of them are eerily accurate based on what we've learned over the past two years at this point. So one was learn basic sanitation. No, it wasn't, was it? Yeah. And if you so, think, sorry, go on. So we've, no, we just never knew how to wash our hands. And <laughs> yeah, don't feel bad. <laughs> no one was doing it right. Up until surgeons it's, were doing it right. That was it. Two happy birthdays, guys. Two happy birthdays. Is that how you remember us? Yeah, it's happy birthday twice. It's 20 seconds. That's great. And does happy birthday... Did you not know this? No, I just knew 20 seconds. Yeah, happy birthday twice. And so happy birthday takes 10 seconds. Why does it feel like it goes on for an eternity? <laughs> so cringy. <laughs> it's just, yeah. It's, it's that deadpan thing. <laughs> standing there with a the cake, like, I just want to eat the cake, lads. Like, come on, please. And you who understands music, why does it have to start so low and remain so low? 
<laughs> happy happy because because sometimes you want to have a big finish and oh yeah the big yeah you at the end yeah 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 that can be harmonized yeah it never is never correctly way better never. if it's not done right <laughs> never correctly and i've been around professional singers singing happy birthday never do correctly never harmonize tr- correctly is it true that it's the hardest song in the world to sing probably i would say so i've never heard it sung well so that makes sense no me neither but i That's digress well, actually new. yeah we do digress sorry, <laughs> sorry. That's another okay. theory for another day <laughs> so learn basic sanitation and also if you remember, remember when we all had social bubbles that we're probably going to have again fairly soon? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> this quote then might fi- seem a bit eerie. Find five people within 100 miles that you trust with your life and stay in contact with them. But not too close contact. Hey! Too- <laughs> hey! So he only did this for a year. On March 24th, 2001, he reported that he had successfully completed his mission and so he made his final post before returning to the 2030s. His final post included some advice that might seem quite relevant now as well. Bring a gas can when (gasps) your car dies on the side of the road. We're going to have to keep that in mind for carpool conspiracies. Yeah. I actually, at the time of making those notes, was referring to the gas shortage and the truck driver shortage. I was not trying to make a jab at your current car issues. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am. My car is an absolute heap of shite. Like, it really is. <laughs> I was like, I'm either going to get it fixed or drive around the corner to my local park and set it on fire. Like, <laughs> that's just where I'm at. That's just where I'm I think at. you should do the latter. <laughs> Especially now that you've been us. <laughs> On that's recording. the first step is the meaning that your car is crap <laughs> but that's mad though Les. So that's some eerie few, advice isn't it he's mad and then there's a few more mad. so a running theme aside from this kind of bulletin thing for a lot of people is time travelers just cannot put their phones away like anyone else mm-hmm. like there's a photograph of people in a beach in cornwall and it looks like a woman is no scrap that one sorry oh. <laughs> just lot, had an aneurysm there sorry <laughs> you're all right we'll edit that, we'll edit that out that's okay that's throw okay. that out yeah <laughs> so in nineteen twenty eight there was a film made of it's extra film from the circus by Charlie Chaplin oh yeah and it's outside Grumman's mm-hmm. Chinese theater. And a woman is walking past holding something up to her ear, which looks mm. like a phone. And there's a gas one here, right? Have you ever heard of Andrew Carlson? I feel like the name is familiar. So he's arrested in 2003, supposedly, because he made 126 high-risk stock trades and was successful in every single one. So he started with $800 mm. and ended up with $350 million. Damn. And like, there was no way to know how how he was going to make those. They were really high risk ones, and each one came through. So he was everybody a... now is like anybody who has an NFT, whatever that is, <laughs> I still don't know what NFTs are, are now flocking to buy more NFTs. Yeah. Take your advice from a time traveler. <laughs> I'm going to buy a load of them. I bet you could sell me just a screenshot of a meme 
I could get scammed in this whole thing. So <laughs> don't be putting that out there. <laughs> Listen, if you want to scam me, you can have half of what do I have. Do you know what we should do? We sh- <laughs> half of nothing is still nothing. Exactly. <laughs> Let's go for it. <laughs> I was going to say we should get like a really crappy photo of Mac and Sherlock, pretty photoshopped. Oh, and that would be so cute. Sell, sell it as an NFT. And we'll call they- it nif- Nifty. Nifty, nifty dogs. Yeah. I'd nifty say I, dogs. Do you know who buy that off us? Elon Musk. Of course he would. He'd love it. Yeah, I think we should. Then we can blow I this one horse podcast. He was a time traveler. Okay. And he submitted a four hour confession. And he claimed to be from 200 years in the future. And he offered to tell the investigators things like the whereabouts of Osama bin Laden and the cure for AIDS in return for a lesser punishment and just to be allowed to return to his time craft. Why didn't that was a good deal? I know it's a, that's a lot of it's some trade-off. Could have saved everybody a lot of hassle. Well, he stuck to he wasn't doing it without the trade-off. Mm. So he didn't get that. But a man whose identity was never um unveiled, I guess posted his bail hmm. and he went missing even though he was scheduled for a court hearing and no. no and no records of him ever existing until we meet him in like eight years nine no eight years when it's 2030 Ooh. oh and he tells us then and we're like we still haven't solved anything can you tell us the cure for it oh the bin laden thing is done also yeah. can you tell us who wins the lotto in ireland because that's another conspiracy i was nearly going to cover why has nobody won the 19 million jackpot is this the irish lotto yeah inside job i'd say there's no money somebody there. somebody oh is that really just defaming <laughs> do i need to cut that out <laughs> i don't but, oh i don't know probably but like <laughs> Yeah, if you could tell us who wins the lotto, and if it's me, great. And it's always, it's always, it's never bought online, or is it always bought online? Mm, I think we're going to have to investigate this. Do you know when you walk past a news agent and they say, this is where that ticket was bought? Where yeah. they won. Like, it's kind of, I don't know what they're trying to imply there. They didn't predict <laughs> the numbers. <laughs> they get a prize for selling it. Do they? Yeah, they get a couple of grand. For do they that's great yeah, yeah. now i'm just like i don't even want to win the lotto i'd i'd make do with selling the winning lotto tickets no i would rather win 90 million euro not good again financial stability is something that i yearn for have i ever told you about my my lotto issues that if i win i want to win a disgusting amount i need 100 mil or more you have told me about you lotto shopping <laughs> you know when you just shop for your dream home you're like oh, if yeah. i want a lot and then you look up your house i find that that would just depress me yeah i lose days to us and my taste i also sometimes fantasize about winning the lotto and it, every single one ends with me running out of money it's <laughs> i just get too anxious i give up on the dream instantly <laughs> i'd have a great old time spending it i think great yeah you'd, you'd be better now you'd get a new car yeah this podcast has been sponsored by karen needs a car <laughs> you're just gonna say my cars by cars no so really all over the place this week karen what do you think i it sounds a little bit plausible it's a bit if nothing else if not time travel the fact that he was like have five friends in a social bubble and sanitize yourself that's a little bit eerie just given as you said the past couple of years that we've had yeah i love a good prediction now i have to say 
It's the festive season. I'm feeling generous. I'm buying in. Oh, thank you. You've surprised everyone, not least of all myself. <laughs> nah, I liked it. It was a good one, Van. That was deadly. Well done. Thank, thank you. What do you have this week? Let's move swiftly on from that charade of a theory. Okay, so mine, again, is, is a little, yeah, it's a little bit out there, but I think we can get our teeth into this one. This is the theory of the Chelia Binks meteor. Oh, spacey. I like it. Spacey. So I've loads of fucking uh, sources. So csmonitor.com, nasa.gov, theatlantic.com, washingtonpost.com, uh, popsci.com, astronomy.com, britannica.com, foreignpolicy.com, and my conspiracy theories book by Jamie King. So the story itself starts in 2013. So Shocking footage made the worldwide headlines after a huge meteor descending towards Russia and exploding into a massive ball of flame over the Chelyabinsk region could be seen. A whopping 1,200 people were injured. Yeah, big, big, big. And 48 of them were actually hospitalized. Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. So this was dubbed kind of one of those incredible natural phenomenon that has to be seen to be believed. Um. And scientists really kind of to this day are insistent that they already know most key facts about the 10,000 ton iron and stone meteorite. So they then named it Shebarkul, so C-H-E-B-A-R-K-U-L, after a city nearest to where the largest fragments landed. So that that exploded over the Ural city of Chebilinx a week, so a week prior in a dazzling fireball that released 500 kilotons which is the equivalent of an of three hiroshima a-bombs jesus about 50 miles above the city yeah so the power it had the power of 30 hiroshima a-bombs and what's the place look like was that just not fire? good <laughs> This needs a cleanup. <laughs> this needs a cleanup. So again, like, I, but this again, seemingly out of nowhere. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't even like you know the way sometimes it's like there's going to be a meteor shower, there's going to be a meteor crash, out of nowhere, man. It wasn't nowhere spotted before this, random. No, it was, it like wasn't. Pre- yeah, it wasn't forecast. Wasn't predicted. Wasn't whatever. So there are, are of course some theories explaining the materialization of the meteor. So we're grabbing our wetsuits and we're doing a deep dive. I'm ready. Here we go. So this theory that I'm first going to discuss uh, was put forward by Gary C. Daniels, who actually has written extensively on the Mayan prophecies. Ah, good man. Good man. Friend of the pod, Gary. Another good throwback to another episode. There we go. So again, remember how we all thought that the world is going to end on the 21st of December 2012, if only. Had we known then what we know now. I could have done with it, not going to lie. Could have done with the break. (laughs) we're done with the break (laughs) so Daniels claims that many natural disasters that have happened since 2012 are a result of the Mayan prophecies with the 21st of December actually not being the date where it ended but where the date that the disasters began this checks out so much so this is just the prophecy trying to kill us over and over again yeah yeah it's like we're in this crappy video game and they keep pressing restart (laughs) For like some sort of cockroach. It's just like, why won't you die? I don't know why. (laughs) 
Um, the second theory suggests that it was the results of a weapons test. Uh, a Russian news outlet at the time claimed it was a Russian missile test, with many other theorists actually believing that it was American. So it was an American missile test. So this was actually reported by some papers. Oh, yeah. Like it was reported. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. In Russia, it was absolutely reported that it was like a, uh, yeah, it was a weapons test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, like there's a, the C- csmonitor.com, like their uh, title of their article was, was Chelyabinsk a meteor actually a meteor? Many Russians don't think so. So apparently at the time, um, in the, so this article is from 2013. So a, a recent newspaper poll, so in 2013, found nearly half of its reader believed that the event could be anything from a divine message to your favorite UFOs. Amazing. Do we... <laughs> I'm going to skip right past that <laughs> to a U.S. weapons test. So, uh, yeah, pretty. They say that Russia is the motherland of conspiracy theories as well. So the public reaction to the sudden meteor strike a week ago that stunned people and injured more than 1,200 seems to be proving that true. So this kind of like, yeah, the Russians love now conspiracy theory. And of course, that's there was a lot of speculation around it. So basically, uh, the Moscow Daily found that half of its reader believed the believed the official report at the time. Wow, that is a huge number. So the yeah, apparently then the other half then just believed in like a mixture of like mad explanations. So it was a secret U.S. weapon test. It was an off-course ballistic missile. It was a message from God. It was a crashing alien <laughs> spaceship, or. Even an extraterrestrial Trojan horse carrying a deadly space virus to wipe out the earth. <laughs> so it's like a giant smoke bomb and a little yeah. virus just scuttles in when no one's looking. And then just says, hey, you know what? 2020, that's yeah. going to be my year. I'm going to bide my time. I'm going to get really ripped before then. <laughs> I'm going to do some Man. travel. <laughs> absolutely just a little time travel you know yourself (laughs) so i knew you were going to say aliens i literally said some of the weirder theories i'm just going to come out and say it but i don't believe it but i know a van will aliens (laughs) a botched alien one though oh man yeah a little bit so this actually a lot of people then believe that the uh it was it was actually the largest meteorite to make contact with earth since the more destructive 1908 Tunguskaya event yeah which was again thank you very much thank you so much but that was the first that was so this meteorite in Chevlinska was not the first like strange one so back in 19 Oh, eight, the Tungusaka event was a, a mysterious occurrence in Siberia in 1908, in which, uh, similar to the 2013 uh, meteorite, it caused injuries and then just the, from like the sky just randomly exploding. Jesus. And how many yeah. were injured in that? So I'm not too sure. I think so. It's basically, and it was back on the 30th of June, which, aka my birthday coincidence uh, i think not i think not <laughs> so again something in the sky above uh, siberia exploded a stunning people who live dozens of miles away and leaving a scar across the landscape that still exists to this day jesus yeah I mean, so, not up on my meteor attacks apparently it's one of the great mysteries of the 20th uh, century is the 1908 uh, attack we should cover that in another episode for sure 
yeah apparently so there's just absolutely like loads about it um this one the explosion lasted only a few seconds again in 1908 but uh it was so powerful that it could be compared only with an, an, an atomic bomb. 1,000 Hiroshima atomic bombs. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it was even registered by an earthquake measuring station uh, 2,485 miles away in St. Petersburg. Oh, Christ. Wait, now are we on the 1908 one here? This or is still we... the 1908 one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And still that one's smaller than the other one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, my God. And it is where there conspiracies around the other one as well. Yeah, so basically, yeah. So a lot of scientists at the time were concluded that it was like a meteorite or whatever, but they couldn't find any parts of it or bits of it. Fair. So there was apparently nearly 100 theories about the 1908 event. So uh, a comet was one, a mini black hole, an asteroid, a rock of antimatter or methane gas blast from below, an alien spacecraft. You're nearly censoring yourself at this point. It's a tr- I know. <laughs> uh, redacted. <laughs> Space redacted. <laughs> uh, or a death ray experiment that got out of hand. Now I love that. Death ray? That's amazing. <laughs> that, that would be outstanding. So there's just, yeah, absolutely loads of like stuff in and around that. Yeah, so some people say it was uh, the space.com also as well. Their article published in 2019, the Chelyabinsk meteor, a wake-up call for Earth by Elizabeth Howell. So she kind of goes on to, to explain kind of what happened. Um, and again, it was a reminder. So she, Elizabeth Howell, who wrote the article, says it's a reminder to space agencies about the importance of monitoring small bodies in space that could pose a threat to Earth. Good, good. Mad that it wasn't showing up on any monitoring, though. And also yeah. no shrapnel? No shrapnel, I don't think, at all. So there's just absolutely like loads. There was just, as I said, loads of theories about them. So we could say uh, some of the other ones then. I've piled, I've compiled a wee list, right? The meter was actually, as I said, a satellite shot down by America or a weapon fired by America. God sent the meteorite. The dragons are coming. The dragons? <laughs> Is there, is there anything else around us? I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm just not oh. even going to get into favorite theory of all. We are all part of a conceptual computer game. So some people believe that a video game developer has somehow managed to create a code that allows a game to manifest in reality. Wait, so is this like a version of simulation theory? I think it might be. But like a, that it's become a simulation yeah, we always say that it's a simulation, no? Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. But this is a new take on that then, is it? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. That somebody has, yeah, absolutely, like, we're just a video game, basically. And basically, we've been hacked. Yeah. I mean, I definitely feel a bit hacked now, to be yeah. fair. <laughs> hacked off. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But I know which one's my winner, obviously. And not the aliens, as that's normally obvious. I have to say, aliens are trumped only by simulations. Okay, so you think it's a simulation? Yeah, yeah, I think it's like leveling up needed to meet the boss, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Wait, where Maybe. are you falling? Well, I'm, 
I think the computer game is definitely my favorite one. Yeah, if nothing else, it's really entertaining. Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, and as well, like at the time when the Chelia, sorry, Chelia Binks uh, meteor crashed, ser- uh, searchers did find a circular hole in like the ice near where it fell, like, um, which was fifteen to twenty feet across. Oh wow! So that was yeah. it's gone like right through there. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and like apparently, like loads of dash cams like recorded at the time as well. So I must try to get some footage of this. That would be great up on the socials. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess between this event and the 1908 event, I mean, I think there's whatever you believe, there's no denying both stories were disastroids. <laughs> well, that was an astronomical pun. Ah! <laughs> Out of this world. Way, a classic, a classic. <laughs> You're trailblazing like a shooting star. <laughs> oh man that's so good <laughs> that was really good i like that yeah and i do like any simulation stuff obviously the aliens always good but sounds a little bit lowbrow for them i they, i think they had better things to be doing <laughs> blowing everything up yeah hopefully absolutely yeah <laughs> that's two for two but what does everyone else think Mm, why don't you let us know please get in touch reach out on social media we're at the conspiracy theory test on twitter on instagram we're the conspiracy theory test we are the conspiracy theory test at gmail.com if you want to email in some suggestions they are always very very welcome and please like and subscribe and leave a review if you can absolutely it's been a a very interesting year we started talking debunks with luke o'neill we're now talking about all this being a simulation. Nice little bookend. That is, year, I think. That is a nice start. And it's our first full year as a podcast. Look at us. And uh, I'm sure we're only going to continue to get better and better in 2022. Yeah. And thanks everyone for listening in 2021. That meant a lot. Definitely. And all the interactions and stuff has just been great. So thank you so much, as always, for all of your support all the time. And Merry Christmas. And Merry Christmas to you, Karen. Merry Christmas, Ivan, and a Happy New Year. And we'll talk to you all soon. Goodbye. Bye.